Welcome to the Scotland's Choice podcast. The journey to our referendum is underway, so join us as we discuss how together we can build a fairer, more equal and prosperous Scotland. Our goal is to ensure that listeners are informed, that they're encouraged to get involved and will hopefully inspire others to think about the possibilities ahead for Scotland. Because... As our country renews, we need to choose our own future before somebody else chooses it for us. I'm your host, Drew Hendry MP, and in this episode, I'm in conversation with Charlotte Armitage. Charlotte is a 23-year-old woman from Dunbar. In 2017, Charlotte joined the SNP after attending a meeting hosted by Young Scots for Independence Northeast. She immediately launched herself into activism and was elected to the YSI's National Executive Committee the very next year. Now serving as Vice Convener, Charlotte cares deeply about social and climate justice, equality and, of course, independence. Charlotte, thank you very much for joining me on this edition of Scotland's Choice. Hi, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, Charlotte, could you explain what the uh, YSI is all about and uh, what its goals are? Who's involved and what impact on policy and decision making do you feel that you have? Yeah, so um, I'm the the YSI's Vice Convener um, and the YSI stands for the Young Scots for Independence, which is the youth wing of the SNP. So anyone that's um, aged 15 to 30 is automatically enrolled in the the Young Scots for Independence as per their their membership with the SNP. and in terms of overall aims, I think it says it on this end, the Young Scots for Independence are primarily a group of young people who have um, a target of achieving independence. But alongside that, we have loads of specific policy um, campaigns and spe- specific policy ideas relating mm-hmm. to young people in Scotland. Um, I think in terms of our impact in recent years, we've had quite a, quite a um, successful run actually in terms of policy had quite a few things passed that have had a really large impact. Probably the biggest one that we could name here today would be the inclusive education that's just been rolled out by the yeah. Scottish Government that was led by the YSI and it kind of gives you a bit of a flavour the sort of things that the YSI would put forward at SNP conference. But following on from that, given what the Scottish Government has done at present for young people, uh, where do you think uh, that things could be improved uh, after independence and in, in, in an independent Scotland, where do you think things could be improved? I think in an independent Scotland, we have a really opportunity to make things completely different for young people. I'm part of the generation that's grown up under austerity politics, and I mm-hmm. think yeah. that's existed because we've not got independence. We've not had the control over our welfare. We haven't had the opportunity to set a, a policy or a, a legislative process that will reverse the austerity politics that I've grown up Mm. in and I think um, independence offers that opportunity you know we we can really take control of ambitious policy platforms like things like uh, universal basic income things like a four-day working week all these things that will directly impact young people who have been on the brought and brought up under Mm -hmm. UK's austerity politics and we can see it you know happening right now right Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I can't imagine in Having the 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 policies that have just been enacted recently, you know the the national insurance hike. I don't think things like that will happen in an independent Scotland, yeah, the, for example. And and the cut to universal credit, which is coming up, all those yeah, things the, uh, that are coming things through. Things like this are going to yeah. really impact young people. And, and of course, 
of course, the Scottish government at the moment are putting things in place to try and mitigate all the uh, the things like the £70 million youth guarantee for work, free childcare, yeah. free uh, bus travel for the under-19s, free dental care, um, you know, and a lot, lot more. I mean, we could go on with all the different things that they're trying to put in place to mitigate uh, the, the bedroom tax mitigation, all those kinds of things you could uh, nail down, but you could, they're really negated when Westminster are having 85% of control over uh, you know the, the exactly. welfare benefits so is just social exactly. security just uh, not allowing Scotland to do the things it could do so um, so I'm obviously there'd be great opportunities but uh, the, one of the opportunities would be to to look at equality it's an important issue the UK has often been slow to move in these areas how would you see an independent Scotland taking the lead to further reduce inequality for young people I think there's there's so many um things that we can we started doing and we're, we're looking to do but I think with independence once we've got control of our full, full powers things like the Equalities Act for example yeah. having having the opportunity to amend that to, to build and create that so it, it encapsulates everything that it actually stands for like for example there's there's groups of young people who are not protected by the Equalities Act, care experienced young people being one of them yeah. who experience significant disadvantage, significant discrimination, but we have no control over making a change. And, and we can see clearly that the Scottish Government wants to make a change like that. They've committed to it already. The mm -hmm. First Minister has came out and backed it herself, but we don't have control over that legislative process to, to put those protections in place for these young people, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. I think for me, that's really important. But I know that there's other things like improving access to, to healthcare for young tra trans youth, for example. There's all these kind of things that we need to be able to do that are linked to equalities pieces of legislation. And we obviously don't have control over that piece of legislation. Yeah. So um, I, for me, the most pressing things would be making sure that our equalities frameworks encapsulate all minority groups in a way that is like fundamentally held up with the protection of human rights and that like doesn't leave any room for people to be like discriminated against because at the moment that's what happens and it mm -hmm. shouldn't happen like that. Yeah, and and obviously talking about um, equality and rights, particularly for young people, leads me into um, another subject which I think would be uh, very important to people in the YSI and the wider uh, cohort of young people. There's, there's a climate emergency and, and younger people will be picking up the pieces of this for uh, for the future and they'll, they'll be trying to fix the problems that have been created. Uh, where do you see things going? Uh, how important is it that we have uh, you know, independence in order to really boost our ability to protect the planet for the future or do our bit to protect the planet for the future? I think again it's, it's down to the powers that we do and do not have. There's a lot of decisions that are made that impact Scotland and are made by other people. Like, I think, you know, having control over, like, wh whether oil can be um, pulled out of the ground in Scotland, for example, is something that is really important to young people, as we've seen in recent weeks. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, it's going to be our future affected by it. So having Scotland already being a world leader in the climate change you know we've got real opportunities with things like hydrogen and carbon capture all these decisions lie in another place scotland mm -hmm. can't make these decisions on our own if we want to build back greener we need to have control over every single element of decision that is made that impacts scotland and we we want to achieve our net zero targets 
and they could potentially be hindered by a government that doesn't understand the environmental context of Scotland. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think with independence, it, I'm just going to keep going back and saying <laughs> that if we get if we get all of our powers, Scotland can make all the decisions that impact our futures, but not just our futures and young people that are alive today, potential generations that come after us because we are experiencing the climate emergency as it presents itself just now mm. but if things don't, don't make any difference or no change happens the climate emergency that younger people after me will experience will be significantly worse and we don't want that to happen so i think with independence we can, can take control of the decisions the impact environmental you know the twin crises of bio biodiversity loss and climate change mm. if we've got full control over any decisions made on that then we can stop like potential damage to a generation's future that doesn't yet look like it's happening but it, will happen and have, inevitably it will happen. yeah and having those powers is critical isn't it in a previous podcast we were talking about the situation where uh, the the Scotland has had to use its environmental powers in order to push forward renewable development in Scotland because the UK government was holding back, for example, onshore wind and solar power by excluding them from the, the what are called the, the contracts for different difference auctions and, and therefore that was really delaying the ability to get more electricity generated by uh, by renewable sources. So having those powers is really critical, isn't it? Yeah, I think even like I, I remember reading an article earlier this year that the UK on the run-up to COP26 it seems crazy have like granted permission for coal extraction mm. and it's like we can't be taking steps backwards especially when we're on the run-up to COP26 we can't be taking steps backwards but you know all of these decisions that happen impact not just Scotland devolved countries across the UK mm. and we need to really have a, a, an equal seat at the table and that won't happen whilst we're in this united government. We need to be independent to have our own seat at the table on an international stage where we can make decisions for Scotland, by Scotland. Indeed. Well, Charlotte, I'm just gonna change on to something uh, different and talk about the, the effect of the pandemic on uh, young people. Obviously, you're representing uh, a young people person's group. The pandemic has taken its uh, toll on mental people's mental health. It, in some cases, to a great degree, young people have been uh, probably more heavily impacted than uh, many others. Uh, do you think that the support that we'd be able to provide to young people and after independence would be more comprehensive uh, than what we're seeing in the UK? I think so, because we would have all of the money that Scotland's yeah. producing wouldn't have to go elsewhere and then we would have more money to place into these vital services. I think like we've we've always had an issue with access to mental health services and it's not necessarily Scotland's single issue to deal with. I think when we get full control over our money and we can decide where that all goes, we're only we're, we're so restricted with devolution you know mm -hmm. we we have control over healthcare we do have control over what services do what but we're we're only restricted by the money that we get yeah. from westminster do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so decisions have to be made and sometimes that they're not always as far as we want to go because we're restricted on what we can do and we can't do everything at once yeah. unfortunately and i think you know the pandemic has really shown us in my opinion existing issues like mm -hmm. things that have been there before that have just not necessarily had a light shone on them before and mental health in young people is definitely one of those things like isolation was already an issue that happened before and now we're seeing it on a much more blown up scale so i think with 
recovery and with independence, I think we can take a different approach in terms of we don't need to be so restricted and how we manage our, our country as yeah, such. Of course. Um, and, and of course, the Scottish government are trying to use the resources they do have at the moment. They obviously, are, but they're so it, like, yeah. this is it. Yeah. We, we can only do as much as we yeah. can do. And you're not aware of how the, the funding streams from the UK government work. It's mm-hmm. perhaps easy to say it's the Scottish government's fault that this is happening. But actually, if we, we could do what we wanted to do, we, we would be able to do it if we had the money, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and, and mental health spending in Scotland is is going to be increased by the Scottish government by I think twenty five percent, and it'll be in future it'll be ten percent of all frontline health spending. But of course, there's so much to do that you know that uh, you know we really should be uh, looking to see what we could do more in an independent Scotland to to make that kind of a truly leading edge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the uh, pandemic, um, the fallout, as I've said you know, not just in terms of mental health, but, you know, in lots of other ways, will be disproportionately felt by younger people for a long time uh, to come. Uh, Many of the lifeline payments that are controlled by the UK government are currently based on age. Uh, What plans do you see uh, for the future in an independent Scotland to uh, make this a fairer system? I think, like, first of all, for me and my my own background, like I I was brought up in care, so mm-hmm. I left care when I was sixteen. And these benefits didn't do anything for me when I was living in my own yeah. independent house, for example. You couldn't so access think, them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't access them. So they need to be first of all expanded so that all young people that need to access our um, welfare services are able to do so. There's not going to be any things play, put in place or any barriers thrown up because of age. Mm-hmm. I think. Even even things like minimum um, wages, for example, like young people seem to be not not earning a, a fair day's wage. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. in independent Scotland, I think young people who demonstrate a fair day's a hard day's work will get a fair day's wage. Mm-hmm. I'm 23 now, and I know young people who are two or three years younger than me and get nowhere near the same yeah. money that I would get for the same job, which I think is. A joke, well, and in an independent Scotland, I don't yeah. think something like that will happen. Well, the YSI are advocating for a minimum wage of ten pounds, aren't they, for eighteen and, and exactly, over? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think importantly, wage uh, for eight, sixteen to eighteen apprentices, for example, uh, having things like wage rises linked to inflation is a kind of really important uh, yeah. part of the mix, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen that inflation is about to rise mm-hmm. today. That was yeah. on the headlines, wasn't it? I oh, think yeah, three point two percent. Yeah that's not reflected on the way that young people earn so it's again us whilst we're getting the uplift of 20 pound for universal credit the cost of energy is about to rise in october we're also going to have inflation and a national insurance hike like young people are going to just it's a triple whammy and they're going to cut that 20 pound uplift to universal (laughs) credit as well and currently in the uk things like sick pay job seekers allowance tax credit housing benefits are all higher if you're over 25, even though, you know, a 24 year old or an 18 year old might be doing exactly the same job. In fact, uh, might even be doing more And it work. also, it does, yeah. this is what I'm saying. It doesn't reflect for people that have come from different backgrounds, like working class people or people from yeah. care backgrounds who typically tend to move out before they're 25. They've got to deal with all of the stuff that being an adult 
puts on you yeah. whilst not having the additional money because of age. It just exactly. doesn't make yeah. any sense yeah. to me. It's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, you can't see any situation where people in Scotland would want a system like that. No, uh, I, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, not. Indeed. But it's, it's not just wages or social security discrimination that uh, young people face under Westminster, um, but there's also a democratic deficit, isn't there? You know, so for example, the UK voting age by Westminster is 18. Um, Scotland, Wales, Greece, Norway, it's all 16. Other countries, it's, you know, lots of other countries, it's 16 or 17. Uh, people recognising that young people have a right to uh, to have a vote. How, how do you see the engagement with young people being uh, fostered better in an independent Scotland? I think that having votes at 16 sets precedent of, of yeah. that engagement being fostered better. When I was when I was 16, it was the independence referendum for the first time, and I, like I can't even explain to you what that meant as a 16 year old being able like recognized as an adult that can make that decision mm -hmm. because ultimately it is our futures that are impacted by the, the result of any election of course never mind a referendum any election it's our our futures that are altered the most by that so i think if we enter into an independent scotland already with the age of 16 it sets a precedent for what's going to come in terms of how we want to be viewed as a democratic nation on an international stage that values young people and young people's perspectives and and the um, opinions and beliefs of young people and there's many ways that that could be uh, explored you know we've already got the MSYP scheme there's definitely opportunities for things like mm -hmm. that to be explored the Scottish Youth Parliament could potentially be grown out somewhere I'd, the, the opportunities I think are there mm -hmm. we've already sort of set set the stage by taking away the the limit that the UK government has and saying actually 16 year olds have the capacity to make a decision that will impact their life we can we can make that vote we can go yeah. out and make that democratic right so yeah I think we're already there in terms of yeah, and, when, and when young people are given that platform, they are given the ability to show what they can they, contribute. Is, they they really make a difference. There's real leadership. They showing, do. Isn't it? They do. And this yeah. is what it was. This is what it felt like in 2014. Like the buzz around actually going out and doing your own research and making a decision mm -hmm. on your own about the future of your country and the future of yourself and your peers. Mm -hmm. Like once we were given almost that platform and that opportunity to, to think like that people grasped it, people took such control over it and that's reflected in the fact that so many young young people actually believe in independence, right? If we're if we're given that opportunity to think like that and allowed the space to think like that, then young people can really thrive. And I think that's why it's important for young people to have votes at sixteen because we're giving people the, the space and the opportunity to free think about political issues, but their own future in a political sense, which is so important. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking there about yeah, young people having the ability to make an impact and take control. And of course, the big, uh, you know, Brexit slogan was take back control, but it's done exactly the opposite, particularly for young people. So as well as the economic impacts, there'll be many social impacts. We've seen Erasmus disappear, freedom of movement disappear. Uh, what do you believe it being uh, in an independent Scotland, rejoining the EU would mean for young people? All these opportunities that we've had taken away from us would mm -hmm. be the first things that we would fight for in an independent Scotland. Mm -hmm. I don't think 
Scotland in any sense of the word is going to just be a single country in this world. I do think we're going to be completely and utterly European and everything that comes with that will have advantages for young people. And that's not just the freedom of movement. It's not just like Erasmus programmes. There are so many things that come with being part of the European Union that have benefited young people. And during our entirety of being part of it that have now been taken away from us. Mm -hmm. And I think young people will be at the forefront of that fight for being back into Europe, for example, or getting all the privileges that we've had taken away from us. Well, it's a big, it's a big deal, isn't it? Because, it, you know, you used to be able to, uh, with, in common with other young people, just go to a European country. You could work there, you could, uh, you could meet uh, the people there, you could potentially, you know, find a partner there. And it's there were no issues around it. It's a life-changing yeah. yeah. opportunity that has been taken away from yeah. us, being able to go out and even get a work opportunity in, mm -hmm. in Europe or like a semester abroad, these things are life-changing experiences. Mm -hmm. They really have an impact on young people's development. And it's not nowhere near as easy to do that anymore. Well, and it actually lost that throws freedom. up barriers. Yeah, yeah we've mm -hmm. lost that, that freedom and it throws up barriers for people who have come from less fortunate mm -hmm. like backgrounds if we've got mm -hmm. to start paying for more things. Mm -hmm. Do you know? So it's exclusionary in itself. <laughs> Indeed, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and costs have gone up as well for young. These are all issues. <laughs> that, all of the issues that you might talk about for the general population about you know you were talking about inflation rising and so forth. But you know the the barriers that they've been thrown up to you know accessing the EU completely without any plan or preparation, um, you know, or no idea about how they were going to handle it. Have now you know increased costs for people um, in you know in, in a completely. Uh, in a way that could have been avoided completely um, and, and of course as Scotland voted for would have been avoided entirely because uh, Scotland voted to remain <laughs> in the EU um, <laughs> of course but, but that ability for Scotland to rejoin and uh, you know the, the every aspect of you know Scotland looks like it'd be in a very good place to rejoin very quickly would open up those opportunities again um, for it so moving on from that, you know, we, we obviously we are where we are. We, we don't have independence yet. We've got the Scottish Parliament. We have to make that work as well as we possibly can. It, what is your view of the, the, the recent news about the SNP Green Deal uh, in the Scottish Parliament? What do you see are the benefits for, uh, for young people? I actually think it's a really great thing that this has happened. I think uh, in terms of young people, like young people in the Greens and young people in the SNP are really politically aligned anyway. And yeah. we, we, we share a lot of beliefs. We have a lot of same perspectives. And I think that can be said actually about the SNP and the Greens as a whole. Um, and I, in my opinion, I can only see good things coming from it. Like reading the deal myself, I've seen the action that will come in terms of a climate emergency, but also things like uh, housing in terms mm -hmm. of like yeah. private renters and secure uh, tenancy agreements, more tenants' rights. These are all things that everybody wants and needs. Yeah. I think like I I I think back to like last year and and how much has happened in the start of the pandemic and where we need to be and where we need to go. And I think having the Greens' perspective and where we our recovery is going to be mm -hmm. will be extremely helpful and will prove proved to be like so beneficial yeah. in my opinion yeah. I think as well and on an on a qualities platform like I was really really pleased to see 
some of the stuff that we've already done and spoke about in the SNP, but just strengthened in terms of trans rights, for example, mm. knowing that the GRA will go through and that will actually happen. Mm. It's something that we had already known, but mm-hmm. I think that these, these conversations will be strengthened in Parliament having a unified approach from the SNP and the Greens. And I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing how things like that and things like the climate emergency and the work that we want to do in terms of that will progress because we need to and for independence we need to be a unified front Mm -hmm. ultimately this is what we want to be we want to show that as an independent country like it isn't just about one party or one it's a different type of politics yeah Yeah. it's a different type of politics independence is about the future of this country it isn't a party political issue and i think coming together with the greens demonstrates that actually it, it isn't just about independence we're here to do what we set out to do in our plan and all these things that will come from it and um, so i'm excited to see yeah. it and I'm, I'm really pleased that it happened and i think i could probably can speak on behalf of a lot of young people across the parties that we're excited to see what comes out of it and um yeah it's I, a really good it's, a good it's a really good example of where you can have political differences but you can come together to work together for the things this that really it, matter and that, yeah. that's exactly it mm. and i think that's what we need to see in the middle of covid recovery to be mm. honest yeah well, Charlotte, we're looking to a referendum uh, coming up in the next couple of years. Um, how do you feel that young people, and all, po- all the polls show that around 70% of young people support independence, how do you feel that young people can help to persuade those of the uh, slightly older generations um, to vote uh, in favour of uh, an independent Scotland? I think the biggest thing for us is that um, we can help stop painting it as a generational divide issue. So mm-hmm. for us, it isn't about independence for young people and older generations don't want it. It is about like all of us will collectively benefit from independence, regardless of what generation you are. I think it's always looked at that because it is our future that will be impacted the most. Yeah. We don't really need to listen to what potentially other people have to say. And we don't feel like that at all as young people. We think that we want independence for our grandparents, our parents, ourselves, our our children, our our grandchildren. Like everyone, in my opinion, and in the wise wise opinions, um, serves to like gain from independence. I think wh- whatever issue that you look at as well, it's very clear that young people we have our say, but we we can um, bring people alongside us by making clear that it isn't just. And, 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 and it is an intergenerational issue rather, it's not a, a generation going against each other. Like we want us to walk into the independence together. We want to like benefit from it together. And yeah, I, I suppose the biggest thing is like all of us want independence for the same reasons. It's not like we're, we're on the same team, I suppose. And bringing people alongside us, I think, for example, my parents were big, Labour supporters and have been for pretty much my whole life and in recent years seeing the politics that I'm involved in but also seeing politics as it unfolds in the UK stage has helped them really understand why young people see it differently because they've also experienced the same sort of politics that we have just in a different generation and I think if we're able to say you know we don't want that to happen to us we don't want that to happen to you then 
we can go into it together. I feel like that was a bit of a ramble. But, no, I, think, um, I think you were <laughs> giving a great example of why young people should have their voice because it, it made entire sense. <laughs> on that note, I think, um, Charlotte, will, uh, I'll thank you for joining us today on the Scotland's Choice podcast and giving the view uh, of young people in the uh, YSI and uh, telling us about your thoughts for uh, the future under independence. So thanks again for Thank joining me. Thank you so me. much. Well, there we have it. The YSI has had significant impact on policy in recent years, most notably with the introduction of inclusive education. It matters to our young people that Westminster is holding Scotland back in our ambition to become a more equal and green nation. UK welfare is failing many young people and the minimum wage is leaving many more behind. There's no need for a generational divide between younger and older people on independence. Everybody has the ability to gain from having the power to make our own decisions in Scotland. My thanks again to Charlotte and to the YSI. You can follow them on Twitter at YSI National. And to you for listening. Don't forget you can find new and previous episodes of Scotland's Choice at scotlandschoice.scot. If you can share this podcast, it can help others with their decision on Scotland's future. I'm Drew Hendry and I hope you'll join me next time on Scotland's Choice. <laughs>